Deadline is the equivalent of the billboard of the movie world. So they wouldn't have said something if they didn't have real sourcing. That doesn't mean that it'll still come to pass because it could be a ploy from Kevin Costner's people, for instance. That could be the source. It could be a negotiations ploy. Hello, Addison. Hello, Billy. You are so chipper. I am not as chipper after this last episode of 1923, at least some of the parts of 1923. So I'm, you know, I need some of your enthusiasm to rub off on me. I'm just always excited to hop on a, a, a podcast with some of my favorite people. Well, yeah, you said some of your favorite people. You didn't just mm-hmm. make that singular because you kind of you kind of spoiled it. Oops, uh, for me, Billy. But we have a special guest. I mean, obviously, a guest that joins us quite quite frequently. But Sterling Whitaker is here, and he's here for a very great reason. So I've been bumped up from talker from last time. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah, last time Addison really did a <laughs> did a poor job being, you know, Dutton Rules podcast DJ and host. <laughs> I didn't kind realize I was getting a sudden promotion in this thing today. That's great. <laughs> It'll be reflected uh, in your paycheck. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> we are here. I am here today because we have some breaking news uh and and it's not confirmed yet so don't get too excited but breaking news that deadline has reported that they have a source telling them that yellowstone is likely to come to an end after the second half of season five because they cannot come to an agreement with kevin costner to extend his participation which i don't want to just say i told you so but i did predict this very scenario at the beginning of the season. yeah we did talk about this (laughs) I just yeah. thought we'd bring Sterling on to just sort of take a home run trot. <laughs> He's bat flipping on all of yeah. us today, but, but well deserved. Um, uh, I mean, this is, it's stunning, but it isn't. But let me ask you this question before you yeah. go too deep into, because I think this is what a lot sure. of people want to know. Like Deadline, a pretty significant insider source, but they're mm-hmm. also quoting sources without providing names, which is always a little bit of a red flag. On like a scale of sure. one to ten, one being like this is just garbage, tabloid trash, ten being like this is you can print it in an encyclopedia because it's going to happen. How like confident are you in this source and this publication reporting this news? Deadline is the equivalent of the billboard of the movie world. So they wouldn't have said something if they didn't have real sourcing. That doesn't mean that it'll still come to pass because it could be a ploy from Kevin Costner's people, for instance, that could be the source. It could be a negotiations ploy. Um, The (laughs) fact that the network gave a statement, gives some weight to it because if it was just some dumb thing that didn't have any weight to it, they would have said there's nothing to this, but they gave a classic TV speak, non-denial denial. They didn't deny or confirm anything. They just said, we would love it if Kevin continued and we would also, you know, and so it, it's really just this sort of back and forth that takes place when contract negotiations are ongoing sometimes. And the source here could be anybody, you know, gosh, you think it's Kevin Costner playing hardball it to get could. a little more money. 
Am I the drama? This this (laughs) negotiation is about time. This is purely about time. You know. So the story that broke in Deadline uh, is that they can't come to an agreement. So Kevin Costner originally signed on in 2018, and he agreed to a shooting schedule of was 65 days. I want to say it was per season. Okay. When he went into season five, because he's got the commitments we've talked about before with a movie of his own called Horizon, which is this massive four-part epic scale thing that he wrote, he's directing, producing, and starring in. So his time commitments are very different. So he asked, he negotiated for a 50-day shoot for the first part of season five. And now the report is that he's asking for just one week of a shooting schedule. One week. For the entire part. (laughs) Yeah, so that's a little different. (laughs) One week for the second part of season five. And the network has come to a firm no on that. And they're at an impasse. And so the report is that they're going to kill Yellowstone probably at the end of season five. And focus now on a new show, and they're in negotiations with Matthew McConaughey to lead this new show that will replace the revenue from Yellowstone as it leaves the board. I mean, I would not lose sleep over that with Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) Right. Uh, All right. Hold on. Let me me pin the McConaughey, because I have some questions there. But they want to kill Yellowstone. I feel like the bigger issue is the killing... Of John Dutton, because if we get nothing more from Kevin Costner on Yellowstone, they have to find a way to write his character off without him returning in front of the camera for the second half of season five. And I don't know how they do that in a way that's satisfying. But have they already been recording? I don't know if there is one. Have they already been recording the second half? No, they haven't Mm -hmm. done anything according to what people have said. Yeah. So what we know about filming was they, they filmed... The first half between May and August, so 90 days to film the first half of season one. Now, they could have filmed a little bit more than the first half. We thought it was going to be seven episodes. We ended up getting eight. So maybe they do have a, a little parts of more episodes than they can. I suppose that's justifiable. But I was under the impression they needed a full shoot to film these second six to eight episodes. Yeah, I think so, too. Here's the thing. I understand you know, having to scale back maybe from your prior commitment once you realize you know, you have horizon you know he has these large things but i think it's a little extreme and beyond ridiculous to say okay you know the first half was shot in 90 days so let's scale this down to seven days like i think that's literally stupid well so this is just his scenes not the whole shoot seven days you know they've been flying him in and out true Uh, we know this from past seasons he was there on set the whole time and that's a 65 day commitment Mm -hmm. but this past season, we know there's some people in the show that haven't even met him. Yeah. And he's been yeah. flying out. And he's also been uh, working and staying separately from the cast. He's been right. separated instead of being with them because he's producing his own thing. Even while he's there on site, when he's not on camera, he's still working on his thing. So what he's asking for here is that they limit, they try to get every shot that they need of John Dutton in seven days and integrated in. So you'd basically be rearranging shoot schedules to say every scene with this person has to be shot in a single week. And then all the other pickup shots can be done after he's gone. You know, you mentioned that 
there's a negotiation happening. This could be the classic negotiating strategy where like when I'm in, in negotiating um, salary, I might say, I need a $500,000 yearly salary and they might <laughs> end up settling on 150 and you know, I'm pretty happy with 150 and I say, all right, fine, I'll take right. it. And then I just go have a huge party with my wife. I mean, he might end up agreeing <laughs> to 21 days or something like that. And right. that's, that's fine. And that's, he's okay with that, but he just wants less than 50. So maybe this is like him. You know what I mean? It could very well be, you know, the, the, un, the unknown part of this equation is what his contract looks like. It, we talked about this last time I was on is season five actually two parts or is it actually season five and season six? Right. Says so if he signed a contract that says he has to be there till the end and he's accepted 1.3 million, which was his reported salary per episode for season five, there's no way out of that for him without getting sued seven ways to Sunday. Right. And it would be if he's contracted to do these last, what is it? Seven episodes. I think it is six or seven episodes Something like that. Yeah. So that, that if would explain why they called it part one, part two, and not right, just season right. five, yeah. season six. <laughs> that's so that's if he's wonderful. Contracted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah. <laughs> I mean, it is. Kid reaction. Uh, because, you know, any, any lawsuit that they brought, if he's actually still under contract, it would address not only his salary, but he would have to cover production costs and all ad losses. And There's all these different tripwires, so there's no way he's going to risk that, which makes me think he's actually currently not under contract. I think he might have signed a contract that only addressed the first half of the season and is negotiating a separate contract for the second half of the season. And if that is so, he's sitting in the seat of naming whatever he'd like basically mm. you know you know who who looks really unreliable through all of this is cole hauser who proudly boasted that not only will we get season five but we'll get season six and seven of yellowstone yeah yeah that I think, does not yeah. seem plausible <laughs> i, I kind of feel like he was just talking and not really <laughs> maybe not fully yeah. aware of what was going on yeah okay yeah. You mentioned a new show in the franchise that Matthew McConaughey could be part of. Do we know anything about that show? There were absolutely no details provided. Um, I'm going to guess, and we talked about this last time I was on too, you had said, what's going to be the draw for four sixes right. when they finally do launch it? Because it seems like they're trying to launch it as the replacement Yellowstone. And that, I believe, could be what we're talking about here. I think Matthew McConaughey could very well be uh, negotiating to head up four sixes because they did say in the report that some of the cast members are expected to change to the new show, and we know that a bunch of the cast members are already headed to the four sixes. So, I mean, this totally fits. That that was my yeah. first thought as well. I mean. Deadline was billing yeah. it as a new show, but if, mm -hmm. if this new show were to right. be Ford Sisses, I mean, you have a show in Texas yeah. starring Mr. Texas, Matthew yeah. McConaughey. Right, right. I, I think fits. maybe even at some point over this podcast, like we've even like thrown out Matthew McConaughey as a name for the Four Sixes. Like, I feel like that's, so this well, would be the least surprising lead in the world. And I think too, right, you know, right. Jimmy's great, but Jimmy, we can't hang an entire you know, new show no, four sixes no. off of Jimmy. It just ain't gonna happen. Think about the demographic mix. 
you know, by bringing somebody like Matthew McConaughey into the franchise and then you put him and Cole Hauser on the same screen, you've just doubled the female audience of this franchise, basically. <laughs> in that in that 18 to 34 demographic, that's the really important TV ad demographic. It's like, boom. Gold. I mean, poor yeah. Ian Bowen, who is an attractive man and is going down to this four sixes ranch. <laughs> he is just a, he's overshadowed by taller trees. Yeah. I still think he stands on his own, but we know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> who would be the big losers, you know? Um, Ryan Bingham. Normal, you and me, stir, like s- single men of America, I feel like would be the biggest losers. <laughs> any, any, sh- any scrubby looking cowboy in America who does not look like one of those two men would right. be the biggest losers. <laughs> um, like if you look like Jimmy, uh, you know, Another you gotta one find a new line of work. go plum or something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking one of two things, like we're either going to have a full season, fi- second half of season five with Kevin Costner and they'll come to some sort of agreement or they won't. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Costner's character is going to die somehow fairly on in the second half of season five and we'll just sort of finish up the series but i don't see a way to get to season six i don't think season six but i definitely think he's gonna end up dying off in the beginning of the second half of season five which character in season five like what's a plausible way for john dutton to die in the next episode or two who is poised to kill him Okay, so I we could really we could really go with what if I still it's going to still be my plot line of the hitman comes to the house uh, thinks, you know, Summer is Beth. What if John happens to be at the home, goes to shield Summer and he gets hit instead? <laughs> it would require more filming. Yeah, but how else would he just would would he just drop off the face of the earth? Like he's something's got to happen. Like, sorry, John, John's MIA, and we're never going to see him again. I mean, car accident or plane accident. It would be an incredibly, incredibly unsatisfying end for the fans. But if he refuses to stick his face in front of the camera ever again, they'll have to kill the character off in the interim and come back with him dead. (laughs) There's no other way. Yeah. I'm reminded of this old Saturday Night Live skit. I mean, decades ago where like <laughs> the skit was like a newsman was going on vacation. So they filmed like all these potential scenarios that he might have to report before he threw it to like a man on the street. <laughs> and it was like, President Bush attacked by wolves. For more on this situation. <laughs> Maybe that's what they did with Kevin Costner before the end of filming the first half. And they're like, okay, okay, Kev, Kev, come on in. We got all these scenarios. Uh, jump in front of Piper Parabo. Uh, we need you yeah. to uh, drive this you know, car trampled by yeah. horses. Go <laughs> get in this car. Go. Um, you know, That's funny. all these crazy scenarios. John Dutton attacked by wolves. Come on, this story. <laughs> you know right. what I think is really interesting. We might have to look at the first half of the season a little bit differently. Now, knowing that these, these, negotiations might have been ongoing for a while we've been wondering why certain things didn't get solved and now it makes you wonder maybe taylor sheridan had some episodes written a certain way that he started to have to pull back on and say what if this doesn't come to fruition i'm gonna have to change some of this you know 
Hmm. Oh, like yeah. we thought the romance between Lainey Wilson's character, you know, was going to be. She she had said, "Well, everybody's going to be stunned." Well, I'm not stunned. There's absolutely yeah. no meat to this, you know. Yeah. So they might have had to rein back on some plot lines that they had originally intended, you know. Hmm. Doesn't this kind of make you mad at Kevin Costner? I mean, I kind of, I mean, I am. It makes me a little bit upset with him. A little bit like, come on, bro. I mean, fin- finish the job. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't, disagree. Out. I don't disagree. It's kind of like your yes was your yes. I don't know. I, I, I can't say I've lost sleep over it, though. Yeah. Well, we haven't slept yet. For it's me, like, I mean, we yeah. just learned about it this morning. So, <laughs> like, you haven't. What yeah, but we've been talking about the fact that Kevin Costner may or may not be leaving Yellowstone. Like, this has not been, this is not the first time oh, we were talking true, about true, this. True, 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 true. This has been marinating. The people who really gets kind of screwed over is like Orly Gottesman, who just arrived there. And she's oh, going to have a little subplot as, <laughs> as Haley and the love interest. You know, if they have to accelerate, put the foot on the gas and, you know, kill John Dutton and wrap the show. I don't think there's going to be a lot of time for a young love or no. whatever. <laughs> Nobody got time for probably that just scotch that character, you know. Sterling, is there anything else? I think that's all I have on that. <laughs> well, thanks for spilling spilling the tea. I guess tea that will continue to spill until we until we know what the heck is happening over there. Yep. Okay, now that we have ripped the Band-Aid off on what to potentially expect out of Kevin Costner and maybe the famous all right, all right, all right man joining the franchise, let us join. Well, I guess before we even get to 1923, Billy, should we do, should we do franchise? Uh, Hello. Should we do trivia? We should do trivia because last week's trivia question was probably like the most answered trivia question we've ever had. Amazing. What was it? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually been a couple of weeks. Okay, cool. uh, no, it was just last week. Uh, it was the question was this. Okay, so we when we last left Spencer and Alex, they were in Zanzibar vacationing, and the question was, which famous rock and roller was from oh. the country of Zanzibar? You know, Billy, who was it? So so many correct answers, more than we've ever had for a trivia question. For first up, though was Matthew, who knew that Freddie Mercury of the band Queen was yeah. from the Zanzibar originally. Uh, he went by an original, a different name. Then they moved to England, became famous as Queen. So, Matthew, this wow. is your day. Put aside this bad news about Yellowstone potentially ending. Take a deep breath. Exhale the negativity. Breathe with me, Edison. In. Blow away the anxiety. Let it go, because Matthew, today is your day to celebrate. It's going to be a great week. I'm starting to see some spring flowers pop up in your neck of the woods. Hopefully you're not living in like North Dakota, because this is going to be awkward. (laughs) Go buy a lottery ticket. Ask that cute girl at the coffee shop out, because she is going to say yes this time. Again, a little bit awkward if you're married. Uh, (laughs) There's so many logistics to that statement, but okay, yeah, keep going, Billy. (laughs) All right. Whatever the equivalent is, Matthew. It is your day. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you for being first at staff at tasteofcountry.com. That was a lot to digest. That was great, Billy. What is the... I get an email. <laughs> Matthew's like, a- well, actually, HR. I just got divorced because I, I asked that cute girl out at the coffee shop. And now I'm getting a divorce. Thanks a lot, Billy. We somehow end up in a lawsuit over here. 
what is this week's moving us along? What is this week's <laughs> trivia question? Actually, that cute girl at the coffee shop was only 15. Thanks a lot, Billy. <laughs> um, Billy, pull up, pull up, pull up, <laughs> move on. <laughs> uh, all right, this week. It revolves around an, uh, one of the, uh, a great character actor of our generation, the boat captain from episode five of 1923. Captain Luca was the character's name, if you missed it. He's played by an actor named Peter Stormare. And pretty much any time the script calls for like a Belgian or like a German looking and sounding actor <laughs> to play like a violent comedic role, mm-hmm. they call up Peter Stormare. He's had a ton of them. He's been in things like uh, Longmire, Prison Break. He had a sitcom with Julia Louise Dreyfus at one point, but he was also one of the great bad guys in movie history. Name the bloody role that Peter Stormare will forever be remembered for. There's only one. If you know it, you'll know it. He was also a nihilist in The Big Lebowski. That's not what I'm looking for. You got to give me the other one. First person in at staff at tasteofcountry.com gets their day next week. This episode... It was good. I don't feel I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. I feel like as a whole, this was a really good vessel. Like it was a constantly moving train. Like this was a movement episode where each uh, plot line is kind of getting us to the next of, you know, I'm I'm assuming episode six, we're going to see a lot of um, moments that we were essentially getting to. In this past episode where, you know, sometimes you have episodes where you're like, uh, where is it going to go from here? This episode, I definitely felt like, okay, the next episode that we're going to get, we're going to see resolution to what we saw in episode five. There was a little bit of sort of reintroducing us to some of the characters because it's been such a long time. So they did have to hit like all the plot lines and sort of hunker down and in some ways remind us and then move the plot forward. And we got a lot of recappy stuff. In like Mm -hmm. the first 10 minutes, um, Mm -hmm. we see Spencer and Alex trying to find passage back to America. We learn that Emma is really not doing well, and she ends up Mm -hmm. being one of the four tragic deaths. And and really, you know, you could have even be forgiven if you didn't even realize she died. But she she takes her own life um, kind of in a a really quick moment. Yeah, Um, it was in the beginning pretty quick. Yeah. I didn't feel like her character ever really got a fair shake to kind of develop. I don't know who Emma was other than just sort of an and one, a plus one for John, who was kind of a bit, ended up being a bit of a bit character in his own right. No, I I agree. She really didn't, the screen time that she did have, I don't feel like it was weighty by any means. What she did do is blow up my family tree right before she died. (laughs) Wait, how'd she blow up your family tree? (laughs) I had Ned and Chance as the the speculated children of Jacob and Kara, who might have died, That's and then right. she has that whole line about how Kara never was a mother, and lo That's and behold. Right. Which I feel like that was case, such so. an... I was hoping that Kara was going to say something about the fact that she essentially was the mother to Spencer. Like, I didn't love that. It was mean. Yeah, it was a low blow, and then Emma died, so I'm like, wow, that was. there's no going to be restoration there of that statement, but yeah. Kara, Kara just kind of took it and ran with it. Um, She's been very motherly in a lot of ways. Like she was Spencer's mother and, and, and John's. She really raised those kids. And now she almost has a motherly role to Elizabeth mm-hmm. in, in kind of a way. So that was one interesting thing we learned. But then we got a lot from the boarding school where we learned that Tiona not only killed the Oof. nun who beat her, but she killed the other nun who was sexually molesting her as well. Yeah. Just kind of stabbed her and <sighs> left. So she is um, 
I mean, she, she burnt the place down on her way out, so to speak. Well, and I mean, there goes, you know, notch number two of death. I, her cousin, who the priest ended up killing. I, I'm going to yeah. be honest, Billy. If if we weren't doing this for a podcast or for work, I would have to fast forward through those scenes. It's been that was that's hard to watch. It is. My wife leaves every time. She's like, just yeah. tell me what happens. I'm like, yep, he killed her. Come on back. I think it's safe now. Uh, I mean, the, my stomach maybe we're just past yeah. it. No, you think? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're done with that. I think there's going to be another scene with the priest, but maybe he gets his comeuppance now that because Tiana, now that she was kind of running around the North Dakota Badlands, she hooks up with a man named Runs Hank. His Horse or oh, Hank. Cool. Yeah. And he, he seems to have, um, you know, maybe he's got friends and is going to be able to kind of protect her at this point. I was reading on Reddit and some people are wondering, is Tiona, could she potentially be the great, great, great grandmother to Monica? I thought that was interesting. I, I mean, to be honest, I hadn't even, but I think she's somehow related to Rainwater. Yeah, I've never thought that Rainwater and Monica were related in any sort of way. Correct. Yeah. So that, I think, would make that a, a little bit difficult. Um, okay. But it's an interesting theory. I don't think that's the case necessarily, though. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it until I was looking on my my famous my famous Reddit scroll that I do. Uh, and when they had said that, I was like, huh, interesting. Hadn't thought about that. So, yeah, so far, two deaths within the first little bit of the episode. You had Emma and then Tiona's cousin. Well, and then the, the other nun. So three. We oh, didn't yeah, know that three. she died. Three, so that's three. That's three right. And then we get a fourth death late in the episode um, with the boat captain who, to me, I mean, as soon as that guy was on screen, I'm like, oh, he's not going to make it. That guy's, same, that guy's here same. to die. I knew. I knew. <laughs> when they were having him cough, like his lungs depended on it, I knew. I was like, there's not – there is absolutely a reason why he's doing this, and he's going to go. And he's going to go at a very unfortunate time. You know, this one – the entire bo- – are you a big Indiana Jones, Jones fan? I have two younger brothers. So I, I watched the up, movies. Yeah, I grew up very in big day. Indiana Jones fan, but – I don't know about you, Billy. I really felt like the whole boat scene, this entire journey, gave me very much that like Spencer was Indiana Jones. Like this is what I was having flashbacks of Indiana Jones. Were we supposed to take something away from like the whole speech and the ghost ship? Because I kind of glazed over when he was talking about that. So here's here's my theory. There, I think why he sprinkled in that nugget was, and I can't remember his exact words of saying like the birds or whatever picked the sailors off one by one that's absolutely not verbatim but the reason why i think he said that is because obviously spoiler alert he dies the boatman dies and spencer and alex i don't know if i'm getting too far ahead but they i mean the boatman was supposed to be driving the ship when he dies spencer tries you know take a hold of the the boat they end up crashing into the ghost ship okay so we end up. Am I going? Am I going way too much into this, or am I good so far? You're you're good so far. I'm gonna let you get away with terms like boatman and drive the boat. But <laughs> no, go sorry, ahead. The, the, for a lot of nautical sorry. experience for Addison, <laughs> Central Texas. Um, all right. The captain was the going. Captain, was supposed to be captain. steering the ship. Well, did the captain not? Did we really not? I wrote in my notes. I'm realizing he didn't have a name. Luca. Oh, Luca. Okay, sorry. Let me just, we're going to reverse. So Luca, yes, okay, the terminology out the window. Let me just continue. So when the ghost ship crashes, or I guess when the tugboat crashes into the ghost ship, 
ghost ship and we see the ship has been capsized, the tugboat. I do think Spencer and Alex live. I think somehow they scale, which I I don't know how this would happen, but somehow they scale the ship. And now they're going to, they right before they got on the tugboat with Luca, they did send out a, um, a mayday, or no, no, sorry. He sent out a mayday call before the tugboat completely submerged. And so I think they're going to be on the ghost ship and they're going to have to wait until whoever received the mayday call comes to them. However, going back to, so now they're on the, the ghost ship and tying what Luca had said about essentially the hauntedness of the ghost ships. I think that they're going to encounter whatever, call it paranormal activity, call it whatever. I think there's a reason why Luca said that because that's what they're about to experience. Uh, Okay, so let's back up a second. Yeah, 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 that's fair. You threw a lot out there and this is an important part. Like I wondered if like the ghost ship was supposed to be a metaphor of some some sort. It was like an artistic sort of... Yeah, something like with his whole long speech. That may not end up being the case. Maybe he was just sort of setting up the scene where the the tugboat crashes into the ghost ship and capsizes. We see the whole of the ship up. I read this as it's going to happen a little bit differently. I agree with you that both Spencer and Alex are going to live. And the reason is because in the mid-season trailer, we see Alex standing on, or Spencer standing on something shooting right. at sharks. And we haven't right. seen that yet. I think he's actually standing on the hull of his boat shooting at sharks because why would he be shooting at sharks from like the top of a cruise ship they wouldn't be a danger that's true way up high alternate theory is they end up on the cruise ship they get like a little dinghy from the cruise ship if there's any left they lower that down they get in that and they start kind of trying to row to shore but remember when he made that distress call he never gave his coordinates or his position to where he is he got distracted because he looked up and realized his boat was headed straight towards this ghost ship and he had to do something about it. So he never gave the location. Didn't he start though? Because he looked at the compass and he was saying something and then he put it down. I don't think he ever gave any sort of firm coordinates. Uh, okay. They're in a lot of trouble right now, be it on top of the bottom of the boat or if they are in some sort of dinghy. If they if they made it up to the top of the cruise ship, I don't think they stayed there long. And I don't I see a paranormal that. angle. I, I strong, I hard pass. I firmly reject your theory that the show is going to That's take a, fair. a twist That's into fine. sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> if it does, I may, I may just be like, let's tap out. We are <laughs> both in agreement that they live. <laughs> yes, yes. I thought it was interesting, Elsa, when she's narrating, she was saying that this is Spencer's final journey. Some people were thinking... Okay, he he dies out at sea. I think it's more so he goes back to Montana and never leaves because obviously maintaining a whole ranch, there's there's not really time to take your excursions back to Africa and all the above. That was a really line, interesting line of dialogue from Elsa. And I wrestled with the same question. Does she mean that his death is imminent or that he's going to sort of live out his golden years mm-hmm. on the ranch? She says that only one of her brothers lives to see his kids grow up. And I guess technically John did. I don't know. I think Spencer does get back to Montana and does save the family, but maybe is killed doing it. I don't see Spencer growing old. Oh, you don't? Mm-mm. I I foresee, I thought Spencer was going to come back, but we weren't going to get him until like literally the very end of this first season. 
1923. I feel like Alex is eventually going to die as well, just because we love her like we loved Elsa. Oh, absolutely. I've not put too much. Yeah, I've not sunk my heart into (laughs) that. Or do you think Elizabeth would – I mean, the fact that – oh, so I guess we haven't touched on this. In this episode, we find that Elizabeth is pregnant. I'm just going to say that's pretty impressive considering she was literally shot in the stomach. Like, her body has undergone a lot of trauma, and she's pregnant. Well, good point there. I didn't even think Mm -hmm. of that. I Uh, did. That's the first thing I thought about. a little bit of time. This is a baby made after they had that little rush rush ceremony, right? This isn't from their little night in the hotel before the attacks. See, I thought, I think technically you're correct. I actually originally thought that that's what that was. And then that's why they were going to get married and not wait for the ceremony. And then she told Kara that they needed to have a wedding sooner rather than later. But maybe yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure either. Unclear. Either way, a baby is coming. Jack and Elizabeth are going to have a child. Uh, the wedding is going to get pushed up. Kara is super cool about this. Like, yeah. Has no issues, which is like, all right, Jacob and Kara, they're kind of like grandparents in that way. They're like, whatever, just as long as everybody's happy and healthy, here, have a candy bar. Well, like, Kara even really- said, she's like, this is the first good news I've heard in a very long time. So I think Kara is just like something positive instead of so negative all the time and sad. Did you draw any parallels between the marriage of uh, uh, Jack and Elizabeth and Rip and Beth? I knew you were going to say that. No. <laughs> I mean, yes, it does parallel, but I like what what would be the meaning behind it? They're two complete like let's be real. Elizabeth and Beth are not even remotely on the same hemisphere of personas. I, I don't I don't like it runs in the family? Is that what you're telling me? But Jack and Beth are. They have similar personalities. You know, like the whole my theory on the boat. I feel this way about your theory that it parallels. I don't like what's your point. Both both got married <laughs> unofficially. Like they, they didn't get a state certified or really even have a, a willing priest to do the job. They just called themselves married right, right outside the family ranch. Um, with few witnesses, like I feel like there's some similarities there that if maybe not intentional, someone at least had to look up and go, oh, yeah, that's kind of odd. We kind of already did this once before. OK, I see. I thought you were trying to tell me like there was something to that. I was like, I don't think there's any force. Like, I don't think there's, you know, any hidden meaning here. I see what you're saying. History it's seems similar. to repeat itself. A little yeah. Bit. My, my theory is that like history, like what we're seeing now in 1923, like how this ends. Uh, Yellowstone might end the same way. History may sort of repeat itself Hmm. in in some sort of way or another Hmm. eventually. But I guess we'll have to find out later. You got anything else riveting from this episode that you want to share with the class? I kind of, I I do not. Um, (laughs) Let's move on to, let's move on to the Q&A. Alrighty, I've got three for us today. And just a little reminder before I uh, dive into those, staff at tasteofcountry.com is where you can input your questions, your comments, Concerns? I hope you don't have concerns, but we'll take anything. So I have three. The first one is from Alexandra on YouTube, who says, They did Margaret dirty. I know it could have happened, but I don't think she would have just laid down and died like that. She's referring to how we found out Margaret died. She just sort of froze to death. I agree. I, I don't like the 
we should have seen that or it should have been a little bit more glamorous. Like I hate that we never got any resolution with those characters. And and, and I kind of worry that maybe we're headed to the same place with Kevin Costner's John Dutton. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we're just not going to get the resolution that we all deserve. So totally agree with you, Alexandria. Uh, we needed a, another episode of Faith Hill and Tim McGraw to sort of just close the characters. Yeah, I agree with that. The next one is from MV27 on YouTube, who says, I've always hated Jamie and Monica. They're both whiny characters. Hope Jamie gets deleted in season five. And I hope that Monica becomes a supportive wife soon because she's going down the same road eventually. Which I will say, I mean, we've talked about Monica before. And yes, multiple people are just annoyed that she consistently whines. I don't think she whined as much in at the very end of season five, part one. <laughs> um but I do get the overall consensus. I reject the idea that she's not supportive, though. Oh, I, I, I do. And think I also, she's, I think she's supportive now. I, I don't, I don't feel like she was always supportive. And also, I don't know what is this idea that like the wife is just be there, just supposed to be there to be supportive. Like she has her own thoughts and experiences. So it's a, a little bit of a. I reject Maybe. that part of it. Maybe I agree they with Jamie. Meant- he bugs me, and I want to see him deleted too. But Monica, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm Team Monica. I am. I'm Team Monica. No, I'm slowly becoming more Team Monica. Maybe they just meant like the whininess is. Actually, I don't know. I was going to try to be double advocate here, but I'm not even going to try there. <laughs> You're Team Monica I- too. Breaking news: Addison <laughs> moves from Team Beth. Team, team Monica. Was I ever Team Beth? I was just saying I was wanting to see her sensitive side. I don't think I ever said I was Team Beth. Let's come on now. Let's not go that far. All right. Which is already the last one I have for us today <laughs> is from Helen, who says, I don't know if you discussed this since I have not listened to all the podcasts about 1923, but do you realize that Jennifer Eel, who plays the beloved Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice, is the actress who is the contemptuous cruel Mar- cruel sister mary on 1923 well i did just because i looked up jennifer eel's uh, imdb page i've done that mm-hmm. for a lot of cast members but you know we we've getting taylor sheridan seems to have his pick now with even his actors who are in small roles have these great resumes jennifer eel being one of them uh, peter stormare being another uh, he's no longer just choosing from his sort of favorites and actors he's used in all these series like He's bringing in like Timothy Dalton, who is James Bond, is this Donald Whitfield character on the guy, I forget his name, who was in the Terminator 2 movie, is the sheriff who's had like two Mm -hmm. lines in 1923. Like eh, anybody he wants, it seems like. So that is a cool thing. Thank you for noticing that, Helen. Yeah, stuff at tasteofcountry.com is where you can send in your questions. But yeah, also our YouTube channel, we post a lot of uh, Yellowstone in 1923 content there so go to our channel taste of country you can type in in the little search bar yellowstone or 1923 hey even 1883 and yeah you can comment there we look there as well you know it's been interesting i i have gotten a lot of comments and some of our content with regards to 1883 continues to be watched and listened to and people are yeah i think a lot of people are finding that show for the first time hmm um it's not a huge audience but enough that the, the podcast numbers are continually rising and then the video content is continued to get uh, commented on and it because it's also interesting to see people sort of react like they watch episode three or four of 1883 and they react as if they just watched that and really don't know what happens to. <laughs> so you're like, just buckle up. 
Yeah, I was like, you think that now, but wait till you get to episode eight. Alrighty, well, it is that time of our podcast to say thank you again so much for listening. Truly, it means so much. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind giving us a reading and review, it's always greatly appreciated. And as always, the Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1923 podcast is another delicious Townsquare Media podcast. Just like I did there, Billy. <laughs> Starving. <laughs> See ya.